Hello, and welcome to Rolling Solo. I'm your host, Jason Burns, and I am so excited to get this thing rolling, no pun intended. Um, so a little bit about what's about to happen here. Um, this is going to be a place for me to kind of experience and archive uh, solo RPGs. Uh, it's been something I've been kind of interested in for a long time, and I found a perfect opportunity to explore it with the recent um, release of Iron Sworn Starforged, which is going to be the first game that I kind of highlight here. Um, Today is just going to be focusing on the first part of setting up the world uh, for the game. Uh, so I'm not going to get too in the mud uh, explaining what it is, but I will take a brief overview. Um, so Iron Sworn was originally a, you know, traditional fantasy solo RPG. I think it was released in 2019 or so. Uh, it at least won the 2019 Innies uh, for game design and whatnot. Um, it was a pretty revolutionary uh, solo or cooperative or uh, even group if you wanted to uh, RPG and it's actually free. You can go to the Iron Sworn website, which uh, let me double check here. I think it is. Yep, it's ironsworn.rpg.com and you can download that game for free right now. You can try solo RPGing of some of the highest caliber just right out of the box without paying a penny. I mean, obviously, if you don't own dice, you could use digital dice rollers, uh, any anything like that, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but the game that I'm going to be playing today, and I'm going to be playing for a little while, is called Iron Sworn Starforged. Uh, it takes that kind of winning recipe uh, and makes it sci-fi. Um, that's pretty much the, the best way to describe it. Uh, it's going to be a very... Um, interesting world. Uh, I'm not, uh, we're actually going to be creating the world today. Uh, so I'm not going to tell you about the, the, um, I'm not going to tell you everything about the setting quite yet. We're about to get there. Um, so yeah, uh, let me go ahead and get some stuff up and then we are going to get just going. Alright, so today we are going to be doing the first part of setting up a world. Um, this is the kind of first prep that you really should be doing. I mean, besides reading the rulebook, uh, this is going to be uh, creating the truths of your world. Um, we are going to be basically building the... Um, building this setting up from a few little prompts and kind of take our own spin on it. Um, there are three ways that you can select a truth in this. Uh, I've printed out a little workbook that comes with it. Uh, so uh, I'll share this whenever I'm getting all of these episodes out. Um, I'll have some digital copies of everything that I'm working on uh, so that you can kind of read along at home as I play this. Um, so. Uh, there are going to be, I believe, like 20 categories. Let me double check here. Uh, you have categories such as, you know, um, what was the cataclysm? How is iron treated where you are? What are the laws? What's the religion? Is there magic? Stuff like that. Um, and each one of those prompts has three options to choose from. Uh, you can choose a truth from those three options. 
you can roll for a truth using your oracle dice, which is a big mechanic of this game to help with solo play, uh, which we'll get in the muck about uh, oracle dice a little later. Um, just for now, know that it's a D100 essentially and that it just helps you make some randomized choices. Uh, and then the third option is that you can kind of customize a truth or craft your own. Today, I'm going to be trying to lean into rolling for a truth and then customizing it if I need, if I feel that I need to tweak it a little bit. I'm not going to get too hung up on getting super precise of what this world is yet. Um, I'll get some general thoughts that come to mind. I'll save some prompts for later so that we can kind of refine it in our own time, uh, and anything that I make outside of the podcast, if I decide to change something um, on the next episode, I will have a little note at the beginning defining what I've uh, changed in the process. All right, um, so this isn't super complicated. Uh, I just want to go ahead and dive one in there so we can start prepping the world, uh, letting it breathe itself or breathe into itself or breathe life into it. I I was looking for a phrase and I missed it completely, so apologize. Um, but yeah, we're going to go ahead and begin. So uh, these truths are going to come with some default assumptions. I'm going to go ahead and read those out of the core rulebook. Uh, it is on page 81 of the core rulebook. Uh, these are default assumptions of the world. And this is just so that we can all be on the same page as I make some edits to what that truth is. So our default assumptions is that this is a perilous future. Two centuries ago, our people fled a cataclysm and settled a distant galaxy they call the Forge. This is a chaotic place full of dangers and mysteries. This is a lonely future. With some of the possible exceptions that you'll identify as part of your own truths, humans are the only known intelligent life in this galaxy. Others once lived here, but only mysterious and perilous vaults remain to mark their legacy. This is a diverse future. There is a vibrant mix of people and cultures among the humans of the Forge. This is a far-flung future. Settlements lie scattered and often isolated from one another. Your starship can travel at, at faster-than-light speeds, but it's ponderously slow at a cosmic scale. This is an unexplored future. Discoveries await even in settled regions, much of the forge is unknown and uncharted. This is a wondrous future. The forge is a galaxy of ancient mysteries, space-faring creatures, startling phenomenon, and other marvels. This is a retro future. Envision the technology you wield as only slightly advanced over today's real-world technologies, or even a step back in many ways. Resources are scarce, and the people of the forge must cobble together what they can. This is an unjust future. Those in power hoard resources, control technologies, and impose their will on others through force or cunning. Others must stand against these forces of imperialism and oppression. This, finally, is a hopeful, hopeful future. Despite these challenges, hope remains. Fulfilling your sworn vows is a realization of that hope. So these are kind of the default assumed truths of the setting. Um, as you can see, it does have like a little bit of like that, that dark space sort of vibe to it. Um, almost that like 
retrofuturism of maybe, say, the alien uh, world. Um, so I kind of love that. Um, there is also some... Uh, there is also some references to, you know, your general kind of chance for space magic and whatnot as we go on. A little bit of Star Wars tech. That kind of, especially the uh, original trilogy, that kind of dingy sort of half-broken uh, machinery. Um, so I'm kind of excited to see what extra stuff we can chisel out. All right. So I'm going to do the Truths workbook now that it comes with. Um, we are going to go through all of these options. Um, we are going to do as the workbook requests. We're going to try to keep it moving. Uh, we're just going to try to get through this as quickly as possible while still notating things that are really important to us. Um, we're going to maybe leave some unanswered questions. Uh, well, we're definitely going to leave unanswered questions. Uh, we're not going to try to solve absolutely everything yet. Some of this stuff, I believe, we're going to find out as we play it. Uh, we'll resolve some contradictions whenever we need to, um, whether that's by bending the truth to fit the setting. Um, otherwise, if there's some contradiction whenever it's all over, I'll probably do that in post and figure out what we're doing with that. And then also while I write these truths, I'm going to start envisioning my character. Um, I have literally no idea what my character is going to be. Um, but as we sort of build this world, there should be some um, some glimpses of something that I would want to play. And we'll figure out what that is today. All right. Uh, so without further ado, I'm going to start getting in there and just filling this stuff out. Uh, again, I'm going to try to keep it random. Uh, there's only three choices, so like the, the random aspect of it is not that large. Um, also, apologies, you're going to hear me flipping through paper from time to time. Uh, this is a thicky boy, very thicky boy workbook here. All right. So, first truth. Cataclysm. Three options. The first option, the sun plague extinguished the stars in our home galaxy. The second option, interdimensional entities invaded our reality. And the third option, we escaped the ravages of a catastrophic war. I'm going to roll a d100, and I apologize, this is going to be a digital d100. I don't have enough desk space for a physical right now. And all right, I got a 66. Um, so that means we're going with the second option, interdimensional entities invaded our reality. Without warning, these implacable, Im yeah, implacable and enigmatic beings ravaged our home worlds. We could not stand against them. With the last of our defenses destroyed, our hope gone, we cast our fate to the forge. Here we can hide and survive. Uh, there is a list here now that we can have another oracle roll for. For The entities took the form of corrupting biological scourges, swarming animalistic creatures, monstrous humanoids, spirits of alluring divine form, beings of chaotic energy, titanic creatures of horrific power, and world-eating abominations of unimaginable scale. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I'm going to go ahead and roll for that and let's see what we get. A 62. So that is beings of chaotic energy. Okay. 
beings of chaotic energy. So that there's already a mystical aspect to that, right? Um, I'm sure we're going to explore that a little bit later. Later, um, I'm also going to think about how we. Something on my mind is going to be how do I, how do I come bring to life chaotic energy? Um, that's an interesting thought. We're going to go ahead and move on before I get too stuck in that. I could start prepping that forever. Uh, so the second truth is going to be about our exodus to the forge. Um, first option, when the exodus fleet set off on a ponderous journey to a new homeworld outside our galaxy, they marked the forge as their destination. Countless generations lived out their lives abroad aboard these titanic ships again, during the millennia-long passage. The second, a ragtag fleet of ships propelled at tremendous speeds by experimental FTL drives carried our ancestors to the forge, but the technology that powered the ships is said to be the source of the sundering, a fracturing of reality that plagues us here today. And the third option, mysterious alien gates provided instantaneous one-way passage to the forge. Right. Going to give it a roll. And then I got a 37. So a ragtag fleet of ships propelled at tremendous speeds by experimental FTL drives carried our ancestors to the forge. All right. The technology is said to be the source of the sundering, a fracturing of reality that plagues us here today. Well, I'm going to definitely say that the sundering and the chaotic beings are going to be related. Um, what else does this say? The experimental drives used by the Exodus fleet are forbidden, but the damage is done. The sundering spreads across our reality, like cracks on the surface of an icy pond. Those fissures unleash even more perilous realities upon our own. Do we flee one cataclysm only to inadvertently create another? Ooh, boy. This is already... Oh, God, that's already working really well together. This is also... I, I really love using dice because dice tend to just speak to one another. Uh, it's just beautiful when things kind of work together right off the bat. All right, I'm just going to write a quick note here, and we're going to move on. The third options, communities. All right. Few survived the journey to the forge, and we are scattered to the winds as a perilous place. Dangers abound, but there is safety in numbers. Many ships and settlements are united under the banner of the one founder's clan, of one of the founder clans, okay? We have made our mark in this galaxy, but the energy storms we call Balefires threaten to undergo that process or progress, leaving our communities isolated and vulnerable. Well, that third option would really fit with the rest of the stuff we got going on, but let's... Oh, hey, 86. Sure enough, we have made our mark in this galaxy, but the energy storms we call Balefires threaten to undo that progress, leaving our communities isolated and vulnerable. Travel is not going to be easy in this game. This is already going to be just hell on Earth, I think, or, well, hell in space. <laughs> the little blurb about this. Starships navigate along bustling trade routes between settlements. We've built burgeoning outposts on the fringes of known sectors, and bold spacers chart new paths into unexplored domains. But this hard-earned success is threatened by the chaotic bell fires, intense energy anomalies that cut off trade routes and threaten entire planets man uh, i should say with each one of these prompts there are also ideas for uh, quest starters and character ideas at the very bottom of each uh 
each prompt. I'm not going to get too deep into those. I'm just going to let those influence our adventures later on, and I'll kind of notate them and bring them up on a later episode. All right, so we're going to move on to number four, iron. Iron vows are sworn upon the remnants of ships that carried our people to the forge. Iron vows are sworn upon totems crafted from the enigmatic metal we call black iron. Ooh, that would be really good with the chaotic stuff. The iron sworn bind their honor to iron blades. I, I love blades in space. Uh, I got a 63. Hell yeah. Okay. Iron vows are sworn upon totems crafted from the enigmatic metal we call black iron. That sundering is really messing us up, you know? Black iron was first forged by a long-dead civilization. Some say it was a living metal attuned to the hidden depths of the universe. Remnants of this prized resource are found within ancient sites throughout the forge. It is resistant to damage and corrosion, but can be molded using superheated plasma at specialized facilities. The Iron Sworn carry weapons, armors, or armor or tokens crafted from the black iron and swear vows upon it. Um, iron vows, by the way, are kind of like, um, I don't want to call them a mechanic, but you know, they are. They are kind of like drives for your character. Um, we'll, again, whenever we create our character, we'll talk about that more in depth. Um, I, I really like this. Um, the fact that it mentions um, it's like an ancient thing. So even outside of the Sundering, this is a thing that has existed. Um, I think they're going to be related eventually. Perhaps the Black Iron was used to forego certain things in the past. Um, I don't know. We'll find out. We'll explore it. All right, so number five, we're doing the laws now. Uh, much of the settled domains are lawless frontier. Criminal factions and corrupt leaders often hold sway, or laws and governance vary across settled domains, but bounty hunters are given wide latitude to pursue their contracts. Their authority is almost universally recognized. Or our communities are bound under the terms of the covenant. A charter established after the exodus, the organization called the Keepers is sworn to uphold these laws. Let's give that a roll. We get a 28. Uh, so much of the settled domains are lawless frontier. Criminal factions and corrupt leaders often hold sway. I really, this is not, this is like the least organized future I could possibly envision. Uh, powers rise and fall in the forge, so any authority is fleeting. In the end, we must fend for ourselves. A few communities are bastions of successful autonomy, but many are corrupted or preyed upon by petty despots, criminals, and raiders. I, I don't think I need to say too much about that one. That's <laughs> that's definitely going to bite us in the butt at some point. Um, all right. Uh, next is religion. First one, our gods failed us. We left them behind. Or, our faith is as diverse as our people. Or, three dominant religious orders, the triumvirate, battle for the influence and power within the forge. Okay, well. That, again, let's see what we get. I'm not going to even say what I don't want to get. Because it tends to be when I say that I don't want it, that's when I get it. Son of a bitch. Okay, 
So three dominant religious orders. I, I rolled an 80. So three dominant religious orders, the triumvirate, battle for the influence and power within the forge. Okay, well. It makes sense that in all of this chaos, there are religious orders that want to profit, essentially, from this chaos. Um, I'm going to have to envision what that triumvirate is, I guess. Um, our communities are often sworn to serve one of these three doctrines of the triumvirate. For many, faith offers purpose and meaning, but it also divides us. Throughout our brief history in the forge, the leaders of the triumvirate have pitted us against one another. For this reason, some are apostates who disavow these religions and follow a different path. <sighs> okay, interesting. Uh, there's some pretty good story hooks in the bottom of this. Um, but we're going to get to those later. And now we're going to talk about magic. Uh, <laughs> first option, magic does not exist. That's kind of boring, right? I really don't want that one. Ah, I shouldn't have said that out loud. Uh, supernatural powers are wielded by those rare people we call paragons. Does anyone remember Paragon? That, like, three, third-person MOBA that, I like, Epic Games or somebody made? That was a weird game. Anyways, <laughs> unnatural energies flow through the forge. Magic and science are two sides of the same coin. Hmm. All right, I kind of go with either of these. <sighs> okay, all right. So uh, magic does not exist. I got a nine. Uh, that's kind of boring. Um, I'm going to keep with it. I'm not going to modify that. I think that if I want something special, I think it's not going to be magic. It's going to be like almost like miracles, and it might be technology-based magic. I don't know. That's that's going to be something I'm going to explore, because I, 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 love, I love that sort of feeling you get when you watch, like, Star Wars and you see the Force happen, or any one of the millions of sci-fi things that include some form of mysticism. Um, so I'm definitely going to have to find a way to bring that feeling in without it being literal magic. Um, that's going to be interesting. Moving on, communication and data. Uh, first, much was lost when we came to the forge. It is a dark age. Or information is life. We rely on space one couriers to transport messages and data across the vast distances. Or third, in settled domains and network of data hubs called the Weave allow near instantaneous communication and data sharing. So this could end up with a contradictory situation, but let's find out. Um... Oh, no. Okay. This makes sense. So I got a 49. So information is life. We rely on space one couriers to transport messages and data across the vast distances between settlements. Direct communication and transmissions beyond the near space of a ship or outpost are impossible. That makes sense with the sundering happening. Digital archives are available at larger, uh, larger outposts, but the information is not always up to date or reliable. Therefore, the most important communication and discoveries are carried by couriers who swear vows to see that data safely to its destination. This is a very, 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 very separated future. Okay, we're going to go to the next page now. 
medicine. Our advanced medical technologies and expertise was lost. Uh, to help offset a scarcity of medical supplies and knowledge, the resourceful technicians we call riggers create basic organ and limb replacements. Okay. Uh, orders of sworn healers preserve our medical knowledge and train new generations of caregivers. That would re fit really well into the religious aspect. Uh, I got a 58. Um, okay. So to help offset a scarcity of medical supplies and knowledge, the resourceful technicians we call riggers create basic organ and limb replacements. Much was lost in the exodus. We already know this. Uh, and what remains of our medical technologies and expertise is co-opted by the privileged and powerful. For most, advanced medical care is out of reach. Uh, when someone suffers a grievous injury, they'll often turn to a rigger for a makeshift mechanical solution. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. These are really good. I'm kind of, uh, man, the, the, the thing that this is painting already, I'm kind of excited to jump into. Uh, but hey, we'll get there soon, soon. Uh, artificial intelligence. We no longer have access to advanced computer systems. Instead, we must rely on the seers we call adepts. Or two, the vestige of advanced machine intelligence are coveted and wielded by those in power. Or three, artificial intelligence or and artificial consciousness emerged in the time before the Exodus, and sentient machines live with us here in the forge. Interesting. And you know what? Seventy-eight is what I rolled, which is the last one. Artificial consciousness emerged in the time before the Exodus, and sentient machines live with us here at the forge. Our ships, digital assistants, bots, and other systems often house advanced AI. For a lone traveler, machine intelligence can provide companionship and aid with the perilous depths of the forge. So you see, when I've, I I did in picture when I was first looking at this game, my character having an AI companion. So that would be pretty dope. I mean, we all love R2-D2, right? Um, next up, uh, wars. Here in the forge, resources are too precious to support organized fighting forces or advanced weaponry. Professional soldiers defend or expand the holdings of those who are able to pay. The rest, is, uh, the rest of us are on our own. War never ends. Talented weaponsmiths and shipwrights craft deadly high-tech tools of destruction. Dominant factions wield mighty fleets and battle-hardened troops. We got a... Got a 74, so war never ends. Talented weaponsmiths and shipwrights craft deadly high-tech tools of destruction. Dominant factions wield mighty fleets and battle-hardened troops. Those in power have access to weapons of horrific destructive potential. Skirmishes and wars flare across the settled domains, and most are, pa most are pawns or casualties in these destructive campaigns. So it's going to be a religious war state in space. So, Jesus. Okay, well, that's, that's feeling a little Star Wars to me. <laughs> Anyways, uh, life forms. Life is perilous and often inhospitable galaxy, but life finds its way. Oh, this is a perilous and often inhospitable galaxy. Uh, many sites and planets are infested by dreadful forge spawn. These aberrant creatures threaten to overrun other life in the galaxy. Life in the Forge was seeded and engineered by the Ascentia, ancient entities who enact their indestructible will in this galaxy. Okay. Got a 98. So Life in the Forge was seeded and engineered by the Ascentia, ancient entities who enact their inscrutable will in this galaxy. 
The Isintia are the architects of life within the Forge. These omniscient beings are rarely encountered and have powers and purpose beyond our comprehension. Some worship them, others resist or rebel against them. But trying to defy the will of the Essentia is like standing at the shore of an ocean to thwart the tide. They are inevitable. I really feel like this is becoming a very grim dark setting, much more grim dark than I originally anticipated, and I was not prepared to pay, play a 40k campaign. Um, oh dear God! Next, we're going to be praising the Imperium. Um, precursors. Over aeons, a vast number of civilizations rose and fell within the forge. Today, the folks we call grubs, scavenger crews, and audacious explorers delve into the mysterious monuments and ruins of those ancient beings. Uh, the ascendancy and advanced spacefaring empire once ruled the entirety of the forge. Vaults of inscrutable purpose are all that remain to mark the ascendancy's legacy, but those places are untethered from our own reality. Or three, the biomechanical lifeforms we call the remnants engineered by civilizations as weapons in a cataclysmic war survived the depths of their creators. Survived the deaths of their creators. I rolled a 12, okay? All right. So over eons, a vast number of civilizations rose and fell within the forge. Today, the folks we call grubs, scavenger crews, and audacious explorers delve into the mysterious monuments and ruins of those ancient beings. Uh, incomprehensible technologies, inexor inexorable time, and the strange energies of the forge have corrupted the vaults of the precursors. Despite the perils, grubs scour those places for useful resources and discoveries. But some secrets are best left buried, and many have been lost to the forsaken depths of the vaults. Okay. Well, well, well. Those are some cool precursors, I think. Oh, and hey, we have one more page, one more truth to talk about. Last but not least, the horrors of the world. The first, put enough alcohol in a spacer and they'll tell you stories of ghost ships crewed by, crewed by vengeful undead. It's nonsense. Second, most insist that horrors aren't real. Spacers know the truth. And third, the strange energies of the Forge give unnatural life to the dead. The Soulbinders are an organization sworn to confront these horrifying entities. Interesting. So I rolled a 37. So that's going to be the second. Most insist that horrors aren't real. Spacers know the truth. When you travel the depths of the Forge, be wary. Some say we are cursed by those who did not survive the Cataclysm. And the veil between life and death is forever weakened. Supernatural occurrences and entities are especially common near a white dwarf star. These stellar objects, which spacers call ghost lights, are the decaying remnants of a dead star. All right. So those are all of our truths. Um... I that was a kind of fun little exercise. Um, doesn't take too long to get there. Let's see, we've been recording for what? Uh, yeah, like 30 minutes. Um, okay. So I'm going to take what we have put together today. I'm going to write a few notes on it. We're going to kind of make a summary with a little bit of adjustments to make everything a little bit more suitable. 
and then I'm just going to release that as like a quick hey this is the setting um, and then I'm also going to be working on uh, the second episode in full which is where we are going to be exploring uh, creating our character actually <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna take some thought get uh, my prep work for that and then I'm just gonna sit down and create a character with you all um, but I hope that I haven't bored you to death I hope that you've liked listening to some of the setting options that this game has um, and I really can't wait to just kind of archive it and see where we go from here. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. If you have been listening all the way, uh, I, I really, again, this is for me. Um, but it, it feels nice when other people want to listen to something you're interested in, you know? Uh, so without further ado, I'll see you next time.